Today's episode of No Dunks is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Slow and steady is not what I'm made of. I'm made out of fast and sloppy. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to No Buffs, the only Survivor podcast that is fast and sloppy. It's Thursday, April 16th, and we're recapping the 10th episode of Survivor Winners at War, so watch out for your spoilers. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us here by the fire, Tass Mellis. Can't wait to talk about this episode. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends! Mm. Lee Lee last but not least, making the magic happen. It's his favorite No Dunks episode of the week. JD! Hello! There he is, and here we are. Yes, this is going to be a fun one to break down here again here on No Buffs. We'll tackle it again in chronological order, but the key takeaways right off the jump. Family first, guys. Family means everything. Tyson's back to the edge. And Trey Kirby, now we're playing Survivor. <laughs> it's on, baby! <laughs> that is right. Oh, we got some advantages being played. The, the line was drawn in the sand and uh, a wild and wild vote there at Tribal Council. But let's start. Day 24, you know, the first scene of this episode. It is time for the loved ones visit. And um, I liked how the Survivor pro- production team, they sort of psyched out the castaways a little bit by having the challenge sitting there. Um, but instead, we get not only your significant loved one, be it, you know, a husband or a wife or a fiance or a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, but here come the kids. A first in Survivor history. Trey, we'll start with you. Um, which, when were you crying? When did the tears start flowing for you? Uh, I was very happy to be prepped for this episode because if they would have come out with kids and I didn't know it going into it, I would have been blubbering the entire <laughs> loved one's visit. As it was, only cried twice, Tony and Jeremy. Because, mm. you know, their dad's about the same yeah. age that I am. And they, have, they both had uh, young children who seem to be about the same age as my kids who are about the same distance apart from their other kids. Those were the ones that got me for sure. Um, but then, you know, I was able to pull it all together when things ended with a nice Fiji Airways plug. <laughs> I was like, okay, and the tears can stop precisely now. Thanks, Fiji Airways. Yeah, um, by my count, uh, with the families, I'm not even counting Edge of Extinction, which we'll get to with their surprise loved ones visit. They had 14 kids out there with the people still in the game. I mean, it was Survivor School. JD, this is a first in Survivor history. Do you, do you like the little wrinkle here for this big season, the Winners at War season, bringing the whole family out? I, I did not like it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, Boo! Why? Why? Listen, I made the mistake of watching it with my family, and I, uh, we are a family of monsters. And as soon as it started, <laughs> they didn't waste any time. They w- got right into it. Yep which was a good thing because it was 21 minutes and 22 seconds if you include the the edge reunions as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, 
my family, it was a roast fest. Everybody was just roasting everyone who came on screen. <laughs> what, your kids were roasting the other kids on yes. Survivor screen? Oh, yep. My goodness. Okay. Haircuts. Denise's husband got the worst of it. <laughs> I'm surprised because you spent two months basically on the edge of extinction in Bowmanville uh, this season, this year. And uh, I thought it would have been a similar sort of reunion when you got back here to Atlanta. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, as I said to them, if I was on that beach and they all showed up, I would be a blubbering mess. Yeah. And they were just like, we would think less of you, Dad. <laughs> what was wrong with Denise's husband, according to uh, Lincoln and Jackson? Uh, Lincoln's line was, it was as if Quentin Tarantino and Big Bird uh, had a baby. Oh, my God. Go back and look at him. And he's, he's not oh, wrong. man. Get him on the podcast, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. I actually think, uh, JD, I actually think he looks like uh, your friend who recently came and visited us this past summer who participated in trivia. Oh, yeah, Dave. Yeah, sure. Dave, yeah, yeah, a little, little bit. A little bit. Dave in there. A little Davey. Oh, he's a handsome devil. I've, oh. I don't know. The kids, Lincoln and Jackson have got me into roasting. So <laughs> Big Bird, Quentin Tarantino, more like Dave. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I mean, what about you, Lee? Like, were you, did you grab a tissue? Were you, did you have some tears? Uh, yeah, Tony, when, when Trey said it there as well, Tony was the one that really got me. Because you guys did sort of prepare us for it, yeah. I was expecting it to be quite emotional. But Tony really just lost it. And seeing his kids come out there, because, you know, he's got the big arms and he's got the tattoo. He looks like a tough guy. <laughs> And, uh, and he just melted down. And, and I think, you know, I, I would be the same. One, one question I got for you guys. How long are they uh, away from their family at this point? I know we're on, I think, day 24. But how yeah. many, like, how are they well, a week? you could a add week? probably at least a week to that, yeah. you know. Yeah. And may- yeah. maybe even a little bit more. So you're looking at a month, probably, that yeah, they haven't right. seen their family. Yeah, and and, um, and and when when they do these challenges, like the episodes we're seeing, is it basically day after day they just do them? Or do they get time... Like, have they got time to sort of sit there and really think and miss their family? Or is it like every day? Oh, they have a ton of time to do that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. There is so much just sitting around talking and, yeah, thinking of your loved ones. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all those sort of things combined adds to it as well, I think. Because it's not like it's just been... It's not like they, they left one day, started Survivor, and then bang, bang, bang. They, they're, they're so distracted and they're so into the game that they haven't got time to miss them. Like... You're lonely out there in that island for a lot of yeah. a lot of hours. I'm thinking, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, you, was... um, you're playing a game where you like can't really trust anybody. So finally, to yeah. have somebody show up where you're like, oh, okay, I yeah. actually trust this person and they trust me. It's got to be yeah. a nice relief. Yeah. The, the only the only part I didn't like was how they staggered it. Um, you know, it would, like if you're if you're waiting to see your family, you're seeing everyone else just so emotional. You're just like, I, I've got to be next, Jeff. Come on, don't I don't care. Yeah. I don't want anybody else to go. <laughs> yeah. This is that that's cruel. Uh, I can't remember who was last. Jeremy. Uh, it was Jeremy. Jeremy. And that was Jeremy. definitely on purpose. He has the biggest family. He's the 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 most emotional guy. I mean, I could see them sitting in a production meeting ordering who are, who's oh, next yeah. who's first who's next where are we going to put michelle it's just her sister it's just one you know what are we supposed to do with this guy that looks like quentin tarantino <laughs> big bird when do we get him in so it doesn't seem so weird right. i was well, i was wondering who was coming out for michelle i was wondering maybe wendell will come out <laughs> oh wow that would have been hilarious can you imagine he's like hey what's up guys because her sister came out. how's it going babe hey babe um <laughs> Yeah, I leave like something that you're saying there. I actually cry more over 
the other castaways reacting to the other survivor yeah. family encounters, right? right? Like, right. it's watching... Because, like, yeah, they're obviously thinking through their head, who's here, I can't wait to see them, but it's that emotional release of them, you know, watching, let's say, Tyson or whoever bond with his family and obviously yeah. be in tears. Like, that part always gets me when they show them reacting to the other encounters. That, that tears me yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't, um, I, I don't know. They shouldn't have let e- their kids play with each other. I think that was a mistake. <laughs> they really hurt each other Playing in tribal council. Enemy. Tyson, I don't know. Made a mistake there, man. Made a mistake. <laughs> so, JD, were you also upset? I guess, like, you know, the fact that we got 20, 25 minutes of, of straight up loved ones visits, but that there was no challenge either. Because for, for Trey, or sorry, for Lee and Tass, I mean, a part of this usually when the loved ones show up is okay, they're here now. They sit off to the side, and we're going to battle um, basically usually for a reward to then see your family, to spend more time with your family, and the losers have to say goodbye right there. But we totally got rid of this, um, a big part probably time reasons, but or, or just the fact that they would feel that it was cruel, JD, you think? Like, uh, hey, here's your kids. Oh, you're going to lose this uh, challenge? Say bye to your kids. Hundred percent. I mean, you can't crazy. you can't tell a toddler. Oh, by the way, here's daddy. Oh, bye, daddy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you you got to go back. I mean, it's it was confusing enough for those kids. I mean, they were they were like deers and headlights coming yeah. out, and they didn't know quite how to react. I mean, it it was shocking for them in some cases. Like, oh my god, there's mom, and she's she's lost. 15 pounds and she's tanned and dirty and she stinks like what is going on here you know yeah, what i mean and she's crying she's bawling her <laughs> exactly. eyes out like is she upset is she hurt yeah no tony's kids really were cameras. so upset seeing him like that yeah and just yeah. just you know just the 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 bizarre experience but i, yeah. I would, yeah, laura I, said the exact same thing she's like oh man this will be so cruel if they're there and then you know they have to take the kids right away i'm like you're right they gotta have them stay but then they showed the edge of x uh, of extinction and that's exactly what they did they just showed up they got to play for a few hours and then see you later right I yeah, thought that's that, your punishment yeah. that's your yeah, punishment so. for being on the edge <laughs> that's right no introductions and no uh, get to spend the day together yeah. yeah it was it was weird for me because it I feel like there were so many family members there that it was less of an emotional intimate reunion maybe mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it just sort of took away from is like, oh, there's you and you and you and you. And let's all try to get together in a hug. And then there was this the weird moment where where uh, Rachel uh, Tyson's wife is just sort of standing back and watching the whole thing. And Jeff's like, get in there, get in there, Rachel. You know, like, well, didn't they have like an hour, I'd say, afterwards of hanging out? Oh, yeah. They had a decent amount of time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think. But, J.D., you're saying the fact that there was like. Jeremy had, you know, what five family members instead of just one, right? For some weird reason, it dilutes it in a weird way. A, a little bit for me, and uh, maybe maybe I'm just a too. weirdo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were. It's pretty cool to have the kids out there. For oh, uh, yeah. Oh. I mean, all jokes aside, yeah, it was a very uh, cool moment. It just went on forever. It was just. Like I said, 21 minutes and 22 seconds of a show that's 44 minutes and three seconds long. Oh, yeah. No, it was a massive chunk of it. I guess um, I read, I think it was Dalton Ross that said (laughs) Tyson is the one that really pushed for this um, and maybe would only agree to come back and go on the show if they could promise him no matter what, um, like his daughter, uh, that little cute little Bergen girl, like would be able to come. So like he, I guess, maybe planted this seed of like, if we do this or if I do this, then I want my entire family there. Wow. 
and then I guess production started thinking about it and you know, wow, that that's going to cost a lot. I better call Fiji Airways. <laughs> like, this is seriously how it went down, reportedly. Um, so maybe Tyson is, uh, I guess in your case, JD, Tyson's the one to blame. <laughs> you know what? Maybe if it was less than, like, there was, what, 10 people left? When they yeah. usually do it at 7, maybe it would have been less overwhelming. It's like mm-hmm. walking into a romantic dinner and then you're suddenly in an orgy, you know? Like, it's just just too much. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> it was a lot. Right? <laughs> I, at least we got um, Jeff Probst's joke falling flat on its face when he did the, uh, for today's challenge, all the adults and the teenagers are going to swim out to the deepest part of the ocean, <laughs> leaving all uh, the kids yeah. behind to dig in the sand. <laughs> it was like, even there it felt like everyone was like, what? Hey, Jeff. Yeah. Brutal joke, Jeff. <laughs> there was also that when he when they're all sitting on the, the dais or whatever that thing was that they built, and then uh, and then Jeff's like, this is a beautiful survivor moment. It's yeah. just like, Jeff, show don't tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was, we, 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 we got it, man. We got it. We're with you. Yeah, yeah. So after the commercial break, we then get to see the family hanging out, and, and like we get all the quotes of like, all right, weapons down. Um, you know, my family's playing with their family. We're all together in this. It was a nice little moment. Then we go to the edge of extinction, and yeah, we get more. We get the surprise show up. The boat shows up with the loved ones. Um, I loved the exchange between Boston Rob and Ethan. Um, something's happening and they talk about whether it's going to be good or bad and Ethan's yeah. like oh it's bad I guarantee it's bad right. nope I was I was with Ethan on that one I was like oh man this must hurt they're seeing the other people's loved ones drive by them when they're just sitting out there oh. on edge of extinction I thought Jeff that was rubbing it in their faces <laughs> that would have been a gut punch yeah but no instead we got that I thought was such an incredible camera shot of Natalie um, first realizing who was on the boat yeah that was such a cool shot. Like, you know, you just see like, oh my God, that's our family. Um, this whole thing, it felt like a scene from Lost. <laughs> like them like getting off the boat and just embracing like they had found the others um, or something like that. The it tailies. Was, uh, yeah, it was, it was Has, of course, more emotional uh, moments. Yeah. Has uh, Natalie, it looked like she had a, a almost infant child like couldn't have been more than sort of six months old i is think that, that was right? her sister's child yeah right yeah. Okay. so her twin okay. sister yeah. that was Nadia. her twin sister's child right right, right. yeah because i, I like auntie Nadia yeah. yeah i thought that uh i thought that was weird if she was already if she was on survivor and she'd had a child like a couple of months before because that's inappropriate if you ask me i'm gonna get on my high horse a little <laughs> oh, here until okay. until i had a parent i'm like no, if you've got a child under one, you are forbidden from going on Survivor. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> well, was that uh, was that why Tyson's other kid wasn't there? Or? Yeah, it seemed think, like it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm. Um, a little known fact mm. about the uh, the boat driver who dropped off everyone at Edge yep. of Extinction. It's the same boat driver as the guy in Air Bud. <laughs> and, and he had waited. to tip him 20 bucks yeah, he, just, he just waited for everybody to get done let's go let's go let's go that would have been awesome we could see Air Bud running in the background oh man we got to see um, Parvati I had forgotten that she's married to another former yeah. Survivor contestant John Fincher who was on way back 
um, Samoa, I think, back in the Russell Hans days, uh, season 19. That's John Fincher. He's a rocket scientist, if I remember correctly. Do you guys know what I'm talking about, JD? Trent? Uh, vaguely. Very vague. Yeah. I just went deep in the Wikipedia last night. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that is a guy. And apparently Dalton Ross said he used to always wear his jeans during swimming challenges. So you can see, uh, despite dude. being a rocket scientist, maybe not the sharpest tool in the shed. He went really far, I remember, in Samoa. He got... I think to the final episode. I think he went out very, very late. They're um, probably but... like, yeah, let's bring this idiot along. He keeps swimming in jeans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, so they had their moments. There was a lot of nice, obviously, encounters here, family encounters uh, on Edge of Extinction. That was pretty cool, especially Boston Rob and Amber. I thought for a second, I'll be honest, I thought maybe Amber would just be like, I'm leaving with yeah. them. I, it crossed my mind. Um, I thought that of Yule as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess they're so close to one more challenge to try and get back in the game to win two million dollars yeah. it's like i mean i guess why wouldn't you have a crack at it right of course <laughs> um yeah which is what they're thinking but it, it crossed my mind well we, you're uh, talking about talking about people uh able to come back etc tyson now been double eliminated he can yep. just come back and win a challenge and be back on the island is that hell yeah he can there's like gonna be one more challenge we would guess and that double will be the final person to come back from edge yeah so yeah, he Amazing. could. I mean, that's what doesn't he say when he walks out? He says, "I'll, I'll yes. see you again soon" or something. Very, very <laughs> soon. Very soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just like to point out, we continued the streak of poverty butt shots. It was a side butt shot. John Fincher and her walking off into the sunset. That's a counts. sneaky one. Yeah, we're counting it though. Definitely counts. Um, we got a lot of uh, <laughs> like extreme close-up makeout sessions yeah. with Parvati and John Fincher. Oh, I know. Both good. Yeah, there people. was. A, I wonder yeah, why. There was a, <laughs> There was a couple though there with the with the camera just like basically right on top of them. It's like I mean you don't need to be right there, uh, you know. Give them some room. No, we don't need to see that. We're not feet. watching that porn. Make for a better shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes well, sense. Well, Lee, you bring up the the close shots after Adam showed his human side bonding with his mm. dad over the loss of his mother. Do you like him? Yes. Now? Oh, of course I do. Yeah, that was oh, a beautiful okay. moment. You know, okay. um, yeah, like seeing him there and his and his dad embrace and talking about you know his mum like not being there but really she is there like i can relate to that you know i've lost my own mum too so you know I, I know how emotional those moments can be there with your dad but you know i mean the thing with that i'm like you know it's the it's the character the villain that i that i'm really playing into i mean as a as a person as a as a man you know i wish him all the best and respect him for doing what he's doing <laughs> respect, man. Respect. You know, but, uh, man to man. But, yeah exactly but yeah i mean yeah, like that's the thing i mean that's why it gets all of us in those moments because so many of us can relate to whether it where you being a father or a son or a husband or whatever you are i think we'd all react pretty much the same you know if we yeah. haven't seen our loved one and when for, this uh, happens you know. when this happens it it takes the character of survivor that you're oh, yeah. rooting for or against and does make them more human where you're like oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. and that, see that's the funny thing for me like because I, I was surprised at just how long uh these these um you know being being around their family and their loved ones was yeah. for the show you already yeah. you know mentioned it there um but it, it does then to me, I'm like, God, how do they then just switch that off and go back to hating each other and lying to each other and backstabbing each other? Because they all kind of did. Uh, someone said they sort of put down their weapons for that for that one period. Yep. But then it's just like, no, nah, okay. Back up. Yeah, pick it back up and let's get into it again. And it's a, <laughs> it's a funny just change because... You know, you're bonding with these people over so many things, but then you want to also, you know, be the be as nasty as you can to them. <laughs> yeah, well, let's get to the nasty parts here. Um, 
we're basically almost halfway through the episode uh, running time, and we finally now get to the immunity challenge. And it's one of those ones we've seen it before. You got to pull on the rope, balancing a wobbly table, while you attempt to stack letter blocks one at a time. And the first one to spell immunity um, wins. And you know, surprisingly, um, Tony comes through. He, he, he pulls this off. Uh, we have like Kim dropping around five blocks high, then Tyson drops around six, then Nick. And then it really is Tony Ben as the last two standing. And Ben tries to speed up to catch Tony, steady, uh, steady Eddie Tony there. But uh, Ben drops his blocks. And Tony just, just uh, smoothly, slow and steady wins the race of uh, stacking his blocks there. And his first ever immunity necklace. Played three times. That actually uh, caught me by surprise. Yeah, that is surprising. I mean, and they were all so happy for him, and he was just amazed that he had won a challenge <laughs> that was based on patience and poise. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty funny moment, but it did uh, leave me a couple of questions strategy-wise. First yeah. of all, when you're going back to the balancing platform, how would you carry the blocks? Mm. Mouth, yeah, arm, other hand? There's a couple of different yeah. ways you could go. Neck. Neck, I definitely neck. didn't think yeah. mouth was the way I would go. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. That looks so awkward. Also, just how you sort of set them up before you even start, because yes. you saw, you, yeah, you saw Tony, you know, blindly sort of feeling for that last block there, and and that's the thing. If you get to that point and you're almost out of reach of that last block, that must be just maddening. So, um, I, I'm sort of surprised there wasn't a little bit more. If you guys have said they've done this one before, they didn't sort of organize it a little bit better, so it was closer to where you could just reach out totally. without having to. Totally, I thought Tony was actually going to be done in by not moving his blocks. Yeah like sort of closer to where you could grab them easy. Um, Cause it looked like some people maybe did that, like stacked them in advance. Pre-stack. Yeah. I took note. It was Nick, Tony, Denise, and Jeremy did not arrange their letters. Mm, wow. Everybody mm. else seemed to, according to what I could see. All right. Well, second question then at the end, when it is basically Ben and Tony, they've placed their last letter. They put the eye on the top of immunity. Tony, obviously has a lead on Ben. So Ben has to make up that ground. Yep. And Jeff even says it. He's like, you got a decision to make here. Do you go slow and help hope Tony falls, which clearly he didn't, or do you go fast to try and make up the gap? Which are you guys choosing? Wow. I think you sort of have to speed it up in Ben's yeah. case. Yeah. I mean, the guy yeah. hasn't dropped it the entire time. I'm talking about Tony, right? It's like he's going super slow. So his odds are pretty good. He's not going to. So I think he sort yeah. of just got to put the pressure on, but you're right. I mean, you're going to, as we saw, it screwed him, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I think he would have been just too far behind. And and did Jeff say that at some point someone got it right, but they misspelled the word? Uh, that's a another challenge uh, that involved um, Ben once upon a time where he right. did it. it. It was a similar type of balancing challenge and like the touch and all that, but he spelled something wrong. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Or didn't he put the U upside down or something? Yeah. I that's, that's what he was saying. Yeah. It's something like that. That's right. Yeah, that's so, so in that, so in that case, then it's he, even if he gets to the end, it's like, sorry, you spelled it wrong. Oh, you yeah. lose, or you, you know, yeah. yeah. Wow. Cause Jeff's like, something's wrong. And he's like, what? Yeah. What? what? And he's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. Michelle and Sarah had experience with this challenge but didn't really seem to pay off uh, mm. looks looks very difficult that's yeah. a hard and like one. tony said it looked longer than normal the rope you know what i mean like from where you were of grabbing <laughs> your letters to getting to that little wobbly table they've done this before and it didn't feel that long mm. but maybe i'm wrong they said it took an hour one time and then 15 minutes another time i wonder how long this one took yeah. they didn't yeah. say didn't seem like it took yeah. You know, because Tony never dropped, so my yeah, my gut mm. says around 
15, 20, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. So Tony's got the um, the immunity necklace, a.k.a. the bulletproof vest, uh, as he called it. <laughs> and he grabbed two fire tokens. They're still handing out fire tokens here. Um, who knows if we'll see anything done with them. Will he write a letter to somebody on Edge of Extinction? <laughs> he could buy that option. He could. Buy Jeff Probst says we're getting a lot of survivor economy next week. So okay. clearly the fire token's got to mean something. <laughs> okay. Okay. So after the immunity challenge, we're back at the beach. And this is where we finally, of this episode, get to trying to figure out who the hell's going home. I will, uh, I'll take you guys through this as, as uh, well as I can here. But Jeremy comes to Tony first with the proposal of splitting up sarah and sophie Mm -hmm. tony basically shuts that down he's he's like no we're not you know we're not doing that then we have sarah going to tony with the proposal of getting rid of kim and this is a great scene between these two like i feel like an old married couple (laughs) um where sarah is trying to convince you know tony that kim has to go she's got everybody in her back pocket and tony is like nah nah i don't think so who do you think's right in this case? Uh, who's got the better argument? Is it Sarah saying Kim should we should focus on Kim, or is it Tony saying we don't need to worry about Kim? It's a good question. Um, I would probably side with Sarah on this one because I think Tony would want to keep Kim around as a pseudo meat shield because she did a great job in her season winning a bunch of challenges. She's clearly in a pretty good position in the tribe. And I think that uh, Tony was probably keeping Kim around a little bit as protection, which means Mm -hmm. she really does have to go. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So then Kim pulls Jeremy to go talk. This is when we get Tony, Ben and Nick making note of that. And, Mm -hmm. And then Tony just straight up says, do you guys want to blindside Jeremy? Just, which we thought Jeremy and Tony were like, you know, pretty pretty damn close. But Tony flips right there. And it appears a, some sort of an alliance, a voting block, whatever you want to call it, is formed. It's Tony, Nick, Ben, Sarah, and Sophie. There's 10 people left. There's the five of them that are going to run together. So then we get Jeremy, Kim, and Tyson trying to figure a way out of this mess. They obviously think they have possibly five of them themselves. Mm-hmm. And this is when Kim spills the beans that, you know, I have an idol. Maybe we could use it um, because we got Denise and Michelle in theory with us. So it's split and maybe we use it correctly, whatever. Ben tells Sarah, though, that they're going to now switch it up and vote for Jeremy because Sarah hadn't known about that part. Right. right. She's at, at one point, you know, they're trying to figure it out. But the guys tell Sarah and Sophie, OK, now we're going Jeremy. Jeremy tells Tyson, uh-uh, I got a safety without power advantage, and I can peace out at this tribal council, um, but I don't get to vote. And this is when you see Tyson go, oh, crap. Because <laughs> if you do that, man, then we're really screwed. Because we are, you're, you're leaving, and we are losing a vote. And then it would be five on four. So When did Jeremy get that? When, yeah, did, did Natalie gift that to him? Is, I can't remember. Either. Yes, Natalie. Right? It was the she sold. Did she gift it to him or sell well, it sold, to him? Yes, yeah, sold it to him. Right, and yeah. early, early on. Yeah, out of really nowhere, early. it felt like. But okay, yeah. all right. Um, and so, and by the way, this this tribal council was the last one that he could have used. He could have it, used right? it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I think that is correct. That final ten. Um, Jeremy says we get a quote from Jeremy. If I did leave, I would be turning my back on my alliance, but I'm a firefighter. We take care of people. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, and then we are also reminded within this scene that Sarah has the steal a vote. So if they play that, then there would be no going to rocks. There'd be no, in theory, 5-5 tie. You'd steal one of their votes. Again, if, in theory, that if there's all 10 of them still there. And in that case, it would be 6-4. to four. That's before Jeremy left, of course. 
So that's sort of the breakdown. And then we get to Tribal Council, and here come the whispers. Huh. Uh, I, like, I've never been a fan of the whispering, and now more than ever, I, I almost, I'm on team ban the whisper. Yeah. I, it's, it doesn't make for great TV. I, uh, like last week I enjoyed it because it was the first time I'd seen it but this week I was like no this this sucks actually this is terrible because it was almost <laughs> like because they, they did it the night before or the extinction before the vote before they're going to just keep on doing it and I think Jeff should put the hammer down and say no yeah. no more especially because you had so much other drama anyway at Tribal Council like mm. I just thought you know when uh, when they're playing when uh, Jeremy uh, oh God, what's the guy who had the um, the power but no uh, no power yeah Jeremy yeah, okay. Jeremy, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy. Okay, right, right, right. There. When he had that, and he and Sarah were both like, "No, you tell Jeff. No, you tell Jeff." Yeah, that was. It's like, ah, this is great. And then there was another twist to come afterwards with Sophie. Is mm-hmm. that right? Uh, yeah, Sarah. Kim, Sarah. 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 Oh, Sarah. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, yeah. Who 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 had Kim, Kim played her idol for dinner? Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> so let me take you through Tribal Council, and then we can get to the questions because yeah, right. right. We get all the whispering. We get all the whispering, and I knew, and I don't know about you guys, but as soon as the whispers started up again, I was like. Okay, Jeremy's gonna get the hell out of here yeah. because oh, he's definitely. like, whatever I was told is not happening, so I'm out of here. Um, and we can get in a little bit later whether that was a good decision or not for him, you know. So we, I love we get a shot of the jury trying to figure out who's working with who. I thought mm-hmm. that was such a great shot. They're like all pointing. They're like, okay, those people are together. Oh, those <laughs> people are together. So Jer- Jeremy says, you know, I am gonna go eventually. Um, and that's after we had that little Hey Jeff standoff between Jeremy and Sarah, which was... No, you funny. hang up first. No, you yeah. hang up first. Yeah. No, yeah. you hang up first. So so Jeremy plays his advantage. He's out of there. So now that, that smaller group is sort of screwed. Um, and we even get... it's It did seem like in this tribal council that that big alliance, that big voting block, the one led by Tony, that they were probably going to go for Jeremy, right? Because we get them saying, well, what the hell happens now? Yeah, 100%. Says. And yeah, that's why Jeremy's move was a good one. He yeah, yeah, for him, for him. In that moment, no doubt. Um, Sophie, I mean, takes whispering to the next level. She literally stands up and goes, team huddle. Let's just call a team meeting. Yeah. Which, Maybe behind uh, the torches. Yeah. I can't believe that either a Tyson or a Kim, let's say, why didn't they just go over there? And like yeah. refuse to let them huddle up without you being able to hear. They wouldn't be able to have done anything. That's true. I couldn't believe that. So they, they, they instead splinter off the four of them remaining and are basically left with Kim trying to figure out who do I play an idol on. I've got a one in four shot. Um, I don't, you know, she's trying to figure out. She's the poker player. Who do I go with? And then Sarah to help their chances even more plays the steal a vote, takes Denise's vote. So she ain't voting. So now it's really, if my math is correct here, it would be like six votes to three. Mm-hmm. And again. Kim's got to figure out who the hell to play the idol on. She play it for herself. Does she play it for Tyson? Does she play it for Denise? Um, or I guess in theory, you know, maybe even like a Michelle or something like that. But that I thought so she completely blew it. I thought Kim, Kim. 100% blew it. Considering earlier in the episode, she was sitting down with Tyson and Jeremy and said, we got to protect ourselves. We got to all stick together. And then when it came time to it, she didn't protect her three. She could have easily put votes on Tyson, the guy who came back from Edge of Extinction, who wasn't in the crosshairs, but once Jeremy left, you had to be thinking, perhaps Tyson is going to be going out here. He knew he could possibly be going out here when Jeremy told him about the peace out advantage. But I don't know. Maybe she was just convinced that since Sarah took Denise's vote, that she was the target. Nonetheless, 
Kim, for being a poker player, got completely played. <laughs> I thought she, <laughs> I thought she was terrible last night at Tribal Council. Yeah, she should have either. You just play that damn thing for yourself, one, or. I'm with you. I don't get playing it for Denise after they stole mm. her vote. That's yeah. a classic. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to be going for her, really, in my opinion, too. It's easy, I guess, for us to say now, but yeah, I would. I'm with she, you, Trey, that she should have went herself or Tyson. It was. It was odd to me that she was seemed to be hell bent to play it for somebody else. Like right from the beginning of the strategizing of that this episode, yeah. she's like, I. She's basically telling people, I'm not going to use it on me. I'm going to use it on somebody else. She t- said that to Denise. Yeah. Maybe that was a part of her poker play, though, back, right? Like, trying to fake them out. They're like, no, no. When they're huddled up, they're like, well, she's going to play it for herself, so let's not put the votes on Kim. Right. <laughs> Which I guess they didn't, but. Yeah. What I think she was just on? trying to swing for the fences and make a big move to impress the jury, maybe? I don't know. I don't know if it impress the jury just as much as like try and keep our alliance together i mean this yeah. is we're sort of screwed now like if those five are tight they're they're basically running the rest of this game right but are they tight here's the one part though and a lot of people were confused by this um people were like why didn't that five person huddle up alliance split their votes because they had six votes after they stole denise's why didn't they go you know three and three right. in case as we saw of an idol like put three on kim and three on denise or whatever because that's not what happened. Um, I guess Michelle actually flipped on what you thought was her alliance, and she threw a, t- a vote to Tyson as well. So it was like they didn't play it all that well either. Um, because if Kim had properly played the idol on Tyson, it would have been, if Michelle hadn't flipped, I should say, then it would have been a Sophie going home. She would have had more votes. Right. Which is crazy that they didn't decide to just go cover their ass and go 3-3. Three, three. But then again, maybe they knew Michelle was, I don't know, going to be turning their back on them. I, right. I, and But how did Michelle know to flip? I, I mean, don't know. She was not in that little huddle. So no maybe idea. somebody whispered to her when she came back or maybe she just, uh, if you go back and they didn't show it on the show, but on CBS.com, they show the, the video of the vote and Michelle's shot, she's you don't hear her say anything, but it's just her slow motion and uh, the biggest shrug, shrug you've ever yeah. seen. Like, just, I don't know, I guess Tyson, yeah. which is odd. It was uh, wild, but we did have all these advantages played, so that that is that is good. And it uh, did feel a lot more like Survivor was being played, um, for sure. Uh, I thought it was the most fun tribal council I've watched, just as far as strategizing goes. Uh, it was, uh, you know, the whispers, not fun. Circumventing the whisper rule by speaking at a volume <laughs> that's acceptable away from the council, not fun to watch. Yeah. But the, the, the simultaneous Jeremy and Sarah, awesome. And then yeah, I think I think the one I think there was three things played in in the tribal council: Jeremy's power, yep. Kim, the immunity aisle, and Sarah with the two votes. I think it was one for three. I don't understand why Sarah played two votes when Jeremy walked away. It seemed like a mistake, and then Kim's mistake. But so much strategizing within five minutes. I, I thought it definitely felt like Survivor was being played. That was uh, that was fun. The most fun tribal council I've seen. So if. If we don't like the whispering, what should they do? Like, how do you, how do you sort of police it? What is Jeff to do? Or, is, no, or should the rule it. just, just be say... you can't leave your stool? 
Maybe. Yeah, well, I, I would just say, okay, whatever, you, you know, because it doesn't, the thing is, it doesn't really mean anything because you just still don't really know exactly what's going to happen because they've all been making so many little side deals and back deals with each other anyway. Who knows what they're actually whispering to each other? So, well, okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So if their plan was to vote Jeremy, which it sure felt like, and then this guy yeah. says, bye, I'm out of here. Yeah. And they didn't know that yeah. he was going to do that. And they were like, well, what do we do now? I yeah. hate that then they're allowed right there on the spot to literally get up as a group and huddle together yeah. and oh, be like, well, yeah. okay, now what should we do? Yeah. To me, the, the beauty of Survivor is like, they came in with the plan. Oh my God, this guy's playing an advantage where he can just leave. And like we, and now it's like, they should be at a disadvantage because they got, you know, they got played there because of this, this yeah. advantage. And it's like, instead they're like, well, okay, let's just pretend we're back on the beach for a second and yeah, just talk exactly. about our next plan. You should have that plan already in place. Yeah. Like, yeah. You should or, have plan C in place and D in place, but I hated yeah, that part. It, that's when the, the chess game is supposed to start, right? You can't yeah. you can't just make have a makeshift war room and discuss, you know. I mean, it, although it was jarring to see physically the line in the sand like it's literally our alliance is going over here which is you never get to see at tribal council but that was a real almost jump the shark moment for the whispering at at tribal especially especially right after jeremy plays his advantage like that's where the shit hits the fan and everybody has has to rely on their wits and you're playing chess at that point sarah has to decide on the spot if she's going to use her steal to vote, and if she is, who is she using it on? And also, yeah. anyone with an idol in their back pocket has to decide, am I going to use this idol or uh, on myself or at all, or who am I going to play it for? It's yeah. way more fun to watch that way when the scramble is happening and it's like this massive game of uh, of chicken, basically. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You, know, you know how they say... Uh, the coronavirus may change the way we act in public for the future. Well, mm-hmm. it should change the way Survivor is played in the future as well. <laughs> Self-distancing at tribal council, six feet apart. There's no whispering at all. Yeah. You can't move. You can't move from your seat. And I still think you can achieve a decent shot. Two rows, six feet apart. You just can't talk. Yeah. I, I don't get it. They're just. They're just. It's just not allowed. Number one and number two. I think you should force these people to switch up their seats as well. Like I would want to sit in the back row so I can take in everything I can possibly take in, but like Sophie, she's a front seater. She's always in the front row. There's always people in the front row. You That's don't... production, I think, decides that like where they sit. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think you're right. They, they don't pick their spots, so it does. Yeah, so I guess production has in mind. Like sometimes they want to split it up. Like, oh, okay, well, this faction's over there and this faction's over there. I'm with you though, Tass. Like the rule is very simple for me. You just can't leave your seat. Like. You could still, in theory, yeah, whisper to the over. person next to you. Well, I don't care. That's fine. I don't mind that because then you can play broken telephone. Yeah. Like If you really got to get that message all the way over there and you don't want to say it out loud, well, have at it. Whisper it all you want to the next person beside you to then maybe move it on to then maybe move it on. But like the getting up uh, and having these huddles yeah. and all that, I actually hate it. Yeah. I don't like so, it. A, a, a be- bigger advantage for the taller people. Ben, he can lean, <laughs> he can lean like yeah. three seats. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, and getting back to maybe. Jeremy, uh, when all this is happening, he absolutely made the right move. I mean, as a firefighter, he said, yeah, we're, I'm here to help people. But as a firefighter, I know when to leave a building when it's about to collapse on me. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. So good yeah. on him. Totally. Yeah. The question is now with him doing that. I mean, he really like turning his back on his alliance there 
can he win this game at all now? That's that's the only thing to me. Like you're right, he saved himself, and it looked like he had to. Is like I just don't know. Did he blow up? Did he blow up the long game tonight for him? I'm skeptical he can win the jury votes now, or even his own people's votes. Yeah, I thought it was a just a brilliant play by Sarah because first of all, you know, she kind of got him to play his piece out before she even made her move. Then yep. she made him look bad because he. Uh, left his alliance, then she took an idol from another alliance member and eliminated another alliance member. So what alliance is even left from Kim, Tyson, and Jeremy right now? Yeah, Are they going to re- regroup and be like, okay, we've got two. That means we're basically in the middle or on the bottom. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jeremy's got to leave, but on the other hand, what if he sticks around and he knows that Kim has her immunity necklace and he just accepts that the vote is coming to him vote me out i know i'm going home blah 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 put up the sad face then she plays her idol on him they could have taken the power back right then yeah yeah it's it's true but then again there's this whole what the hell is michelle doing this is the fascinating part to me it's like she wasn't with them now now did she only switch right there in the moment because of all the crap going on and all the idols being played or advantages being played maybe or was she never really with them? Is she a bit of a double agent? I, I guess we do not know. We yeah. only know now that Sophie has an immunity idol and Michelle still has the 50-50 coin advantage. Right. That but Michelle has also been voting with Nick for the majority of the show, right? And yeah. she continued to vote with Nick last night. Great so point. why did you think she was on the, uh, the Poker Alliance side? Yeah. I, I don't know why they were convinced she was with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. So and and I and I don't think I personally don't think that Jeremy's going to suffer too much for his move just simply because he is a he's a free agent and I think that any of them would have done the same thing if they had that advantage mm-hmm. if if they were in his position. I mean, uh, it's a it's a bit of a sin, but it's 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 a minor it's a minor infraction in my in my mind. It feels talk- like a play, an NBA playoff series. You can't take momentum from game to game. It feels like every episode <laughs> is a new one, and 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 the the previous ones are washed away into the shore, into Tyson's poop, as he said. He uses the <laughs> the water as his toilet. I, it just feels like it's gone. And Jeremy is now. We see shots of it next week. It feels like it's another chaotic scene and another chaotic episode, and every, it's every person for themselves. Yep. Um- yeah, you know, you're probably right. It, uh, he, he'll probably just be able to slide back in there. I mean, it worked for Tyson for a little bit, and then suddenly he's back to the edge of extinction. I love when he left. He said, see you guys soon, very soon, and then he flips the bird at the bequeath. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't got anything to give. Just flips the bird at the, at the object. You think um, he hit that peanut butter jar hard last night when he finally got back to edge of extinction? Maybe. Like, Where's say- Tyson going? Why is he walking into the woods in the pitch black darkness? Uh, why does he smell like peanut butter now? What's going on here? Yeah, he, he could very easily win another challenge. I mean, we sort of talked about it last week, I think it was, this idea that Tony keeps talking up this lion alliance and all these big players and we got to stick together. And what if he just completely is playing everybody and turns his back on the other lions and picks up all the hyenas. He sort of did that in this one mm-hmm. with yeah. picking up who he at least appears or thinks is a hyena, like a Nick and a Ben, maybe even a Sophie. He's tight with Sarah, of course. Uh, the cops are us, and, and they're really tight, even though they bicker with each other. But that's sort of what he's doing here, though. You said it. He's getting the, uh, uh-oh, what's Tony up to? In next week's episode of Survivor, yeah, it looks like yeah. he's maybe going mental and he's trying to play the double agent is what we're told. 
When you get a scene of Tony sprinting through the woods, you know it's going to be a good episode. The man couldn't even keep his feet underneath him in that, like, one-second shot we saw of him just tumbling with a messenger bag on the side of him. I, I mean, yeah, what is he doing? Is that his bag, or is he going through somebody's bag? I think it's oh, I Kim's it's bag, is it not? Because she, it looked a lot like the one Kim pulled out. I mean, I could mm. be wrong, but uh, it, it didn't feel like bag. it was his bag. Yeah, and then, of course, like... An idol's been played. Kim's idol's been played. So in theory, that goes back in the game. Hmm. Um, so you would imagine there's a bit of a, you know, a, a chase for that, or at least trying to find that. You would you would think. Um, the only thing left I have from the the breakdown is the group hug. Post credits group hug. <laughs> that was a nice moment. Yeah, sure. Hey, Probst. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> They'll just give a giant group hug. I wish they I'm could. I'm surprised have that uh, Boston Rob didn't look straight at the camera as soon as he said thank you to Jeff Probst and then say, and also thank you to you, Fiji Airways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They bring like a little uh, a model airplane out that they can all hug too. That would have been very, very nice. Um, anything else from this? I know at the end we'll give MVPs and stuff. Any other questions though or uh, observations from this episode? Uh, the uh, the idol that was played was the one that looked like what Adam thought was an idol. The fleur de lis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting that that uh, that Adam was. I mean, he had a very strong case to believing <laughs> last week that, it, that there was an immunity idol out there. You love Adam now. <laughs> Uh, I just, I, I think I love, I love hating the character, you know, I mean, he, he, it's, it's, you know, it's like, if you want to watch someone, you want to see someone, whether or not you love them or hate them, it doesn't really matter. It's just, you just feel compelled to see what they do. So, uh, I'm rooting for him now. Back in, I'm back in. I'm out. Uh, I read this, uh, rumor online yesterday that somebody played an immunity idol in a previous season at tribal council. Probes put it in his pocket. Then they had a group hug at the end, and someone stole the immunity idol from his pocket oh, wow. and played it in a later episode. Is that wow. true? Wow. Uh, no, I don't think no. so. That is brilliant. Okay. That would be brilliant. Yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine Jeff would be so uh, careless with an idol like that that someone would just be able to, you know, you never know, man. Cargo pockets out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot that, of pockets that, to keep your eye on. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing with Jeff is I wish he wouldn't wear sneakers on the beach. Like he's, he's whenever he's out there for the uh, for the challenges, you know he's looking great. He's looking fresh. He's tanned. He's been eating well and exercising. And then he's just got these. I think they're like Asics runners that he's got on. I'm like, give the man some flip flops or something or some sandals. No, he he's got to run around out there. He's got to run. You can't run flip flops. Yeah, he does. He'd either mean... have to be barefoot. You got no, yeah, no you... shoes. It's but no, but 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 having sneakers like that is actually not comfortable on the beach either. Like, there's oh. got to be a middle ground there, you know. It's funny because aqua like, socks, maybe you want them in aqua socks. Yeah, I just, I just I just think like he's got that complete package there, and it's like, but then he's just got these shoes. It just looks like an uncool dad at the beach. Like, come on, kids, it's time to go. Your mum's packed the car up. Let's get out of here. He looks exactly like I think you would look on the beach. I, exactly. No, except for, I wouldn't be wearing those shoes. That's all I'm saying. You know? I, I, I tell you what, though. I tell you what. I mean, he is so good at his job. You know, You know, JD, I think you and I are in agreement that Ryan Seacrest is the perfect um, host for oh, American Idol. 100%. I think Jeff Probst is, is perfect for what he does. He's got such great energy. 
He's always smiling. He never gets frustrated. Like, because can you imagine doing some of those challenges? At some point, he's probably like, "Ah, oh, come on, move it along, guys. Like, this is too much. <laughs> like, Jesus, come on. Got I'm sand all back. in my shoes. <laughs> yeah. But instead, he's there. He's encouraging. He's he's like Jimmy the Mouth from the South Heart, you know. Like, but for everybody, he's encouraging everybody. <laughs> He's great. We've got to get him on the show. We've got to get him on. Let's get him on. All right. We'll try. We'll try. All right. Well, before we get to tree mail here, a quick word from our sponsor. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or tuxedo for their big day. If you're getting married on the beach, don't wear sneakers. Anyway, did you know that the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? It turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tuck shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible. Unless you like dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it out one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code DUNKS. That's theblacktux.com, code DUNKS, for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. All right, into tree mail. We've got a few here. First one is from Ben in Ontario, not Ben playing Survivor. Um, I've never actually watched Survivor Rights, Ben, but I've enjoyed a few seasons of Big Brother, and the games seem to boil down to basically the same idea. Vote others off or out, have competitions for various powers, and have a jury choose the winner at the game's end. Which game do you guys think would be more difficult? In Survivor, you have to deal with the environment and being outdoors, but Big Brother lasts much longer and you're locked in the house the whole time with cameras running 24-7. Which show would you rather be on? Again, that's from Ben in Ontario. Who wants to answer first? Me, Survivor, easily, easily. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. What, being why? on the beach out there and the out in the sun and the fresh air. And and listen, I've never been to Fiji, but they've sold me on this already. I want to fly <laughs> Fiji Airways out. I want to go out there to Fiji and hang out with the family on the beach. No, I mean the thing is with Big Brother. Uh, I only watched it like fifteen years ago when I lived in England, and I I just I would hate to be under those claustrophobic circumstances in yeah. that sort of house and yard. At least at least with Survivor, you're outdoors and you've, you've got a little bit more freedom and flexibility. And, um, as it's long just as a it's nice not raining. That's, I mean, I, we're forgetting about that. Oh, it's yeah, not but, always beautiful. You know, but it, yeah, but even that, I mean, it's not like it's cold. It's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's rainy, but it's still, still warm out there, you know. It's not like no one's freezing to death. Um, and I just feel like, even though I know they're sort of, it's the same idea as far as, you know, fil- forming alliances and backstabbing and all that, the people on Big Brother seem just like more slimy than the ones on Survivor. Survivor still, <laughs> Survivor feels, 
Yeah, Survivor feels more like it's a strategy to their deceptiveness to each other, whereas Big Brother's just like, I they're they're the worst people you knew going to school and growing up with. You know, where you're just like, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't stand that person. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you, Lee. I've never finished an entire season of Big Brother. It feels like they're just making it up as they go along. There's been a lot of twists in Survivor as the years have gone on, but sometimes it just feels like on Big Brother they're like, "Hey, we came up with a new idea last night, and now it will completely determine the game." Just so low rent. If you're getting a prestige persona like Trey Kirby, it's gonna be on Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm also a Team Survivor. I did, like. Big Brother is now like something like a hundred days long. Like you're trapped in a house <laughs> on a studio set all summer long. I mean, yeah, there's that little outdoor area, but sometimes you can't even go outside because they're doing production out there. Like it's, you are literally a hamster, you know, in a cage. Uh, no thanks to that. I'm definitely going on Survivor. And I've watched Big Brother before. I liked it for a few years and now I'm totally off it again. I couldn't stand it now. Yeah, it's 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 not even close. I mean, Survivor for sure. Survivor would be a dream come true. Big Brother would be, <laughs> you know, a lark, I guess. But you know, at this point in my life, I would be the old guy on either show. Yeah. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't last a day in the Big Brother house with that insufferable cast. I mean, I would probably walk out if I wasn't voted out first, just because I, I would just be the crankiest bitch of all time. <laughs> well, they wouldn't want you off then, JD. Yeah, they would want to keep you be, on the whole yeah. time. <laughs> the Big Brother casts are generally stupid, so they would yeah. be like, "Let's get rid of the old guy. He's always telling us to do the dishes and stuff like that." You guys are right. Not much of a contest. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, I'll move on to the next email here. Hey, No Dunks Inc. I just finished Worlds Apart and was beyond impressed with Mike winning five immunity challenges, all with his back against the wall. Can one of you give me your top five challenge beasts of all time? That's from The Sternlicht on Twitter. <laughs> top five challenge beasts. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Yeah, I can do this. I'll hit you with a top five Survivor Challenge beast. According to me, I'm going to be missing, of course, some of your favorites out there. You can tweet at me, get angry if you want, at J.E. Skeets. Um, By the way, with Mike, I'm not going to include him in my top five list here, even though he did the five immunity challenges. We forget about that is uh, he only really started winning all those once one of the other guys on my list got voted out, and uh, he didn't have that competition to battle with them. But here they are. My top five Survivor Challenge beats. Now, number five, I'm going Boston Rob. Mainly just because the guy's played forever. He's played five seasons. And he has the most career individual challenge wins. He's got ten over the five seasons playing. Yeah, he uh, slowed down in older age. But a young Boston Rob was pretty damn good. Not only in individual challenges, but obviously team challenges and rewards and stuff like that. He was He's a bit of a puzzle master. And he's still a physical guy, especially when he was younger. So... He makes number five. We heard on an episode just last week, oh, he's good at everything. Yeah, <laughs> he really was and is probably still, even for an older guy. What were you going to say, J.D.? He, I remember one challenge where he had a complete mental breakdown. Of the, it was at the top of a mountain. Do you guys remember that at all? He was like, he just collapsed into a heap of tears, and it was like a, an endurance challenge going up a hill. I just remember that anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gave it his all. Always does. So Boston Rob, if, number five. If you had to pocket a car on Survivor, he'd also be awesome. <laughs> That's right. Uh, number four, 
uh, my lone female on the list, but it is Kim Spradlin. Uh, just last week, we mentioned that she is now officially the most dominant female challenge beast we've ever had, winning six immunity challenges in only two seasons, which is pretty damn good. Who knows? She could have another another one or two still in, in, her, in mm-hmm. her back pocket here in this season, which would get her up to like, you know, you're, once you get up to like seven or eight all-time immunity challenges, like you're in rarefied air. So I'm throwing Kim on there. She just like, she's obviously, she's a taller, appears to be a taller woman, but just has good balance and seems strong enough for her size and stuff like that. And great in endurance things. And obviously sharp as, uh, uh, very, very sharp. What am I trying to say? She's very sharp smart. Attack. Um, so Kim Spradlin at number four. <laughs> Sharp as attack, I think that's what I was trying to say. At number three, apologies to Tom Westman, but Terry Dietz is the greatest older challenge beast <laughs> in Survivor history. Um, Terry Dietz played in Survivor Panama, Exile Island. In that season, he did come back, though he had to leave, unfortunately, because of uh, issues with his family off the island. Um, he left somewhat early. But this guy, I think he was a retired like fighter pilot or something. He won... 8 of 12 individual challenges within that season, and he won five straight immunity necklaces, which I think is still the record, um, or at least tied for that record. And he had competition. He was going against Aris, um, oh, yeah. who was no slouch in a lot of competitions either, and actually got the best of him a few times. But this, like a much younger guy, was super fit, and yeah, Terry Dietz, man, as an older guy, was a beast. He also helped his tribe win a ton, too. Mm-hmm. Generally because of him, he was like just straight up carrying them to victory. So Terry Dietz. J.D. Trey, you remember Terry Dietz? Yeah. Um, vaguely. Yeah, it's an, he it's was an a, older name. I just Googled him. Yeah, I was a pilot, a, a Navy U.S. pilot, a U.S. He Navy came, pilot, I should say. He came back during Game Changers, did he not? But had to leave because something happened to his son, I think? He was in that Panama was and Cambodia. Cambodia. It was Game Changers, right? Yeah. Was that Game Changers? Second Chance. But yeah. Second, second Chance. chance. Yeah, yeah, second, second Chance. I'm getting them mixed up. Yeah. Um, yeah, he left early in that. So, But uh, again, guy's fit for an older guy. Uh, number two and one, they're pretty obvious. It was just sort of deciding where I was going to slot them. Number two is Ozzy. Yeah. He uh, played four seasons. He won eight out of 17 immunity challenges. He's... Oh. Even though there have been like legit Olympic swimmers, I'm gonna say Ozzy's the greatest swimmer in Survivor history. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, a beast. The guy was a damn fish. Like, remember, like early on, he would just like dive underwater, like free dive, and just come up with like eight fish. Yeah, it's like he could hold his breath like crazy. Super athletic. Um, his strategy even became like, all right, I'll just go to a Redemption Island yeah. and just win my way back into the game. And yeah, did it mind-boggling so ozzy could have been number one but instead i sort of just went with the the souped up version of ozzy the bigger version of ozzy and that is handsome joe anglum who is is an all-around talent incredibly balanced strong great at puzzles was huge in team challenges but he won seven out of the 12 immunity challenges he's participated in um in only i think what how many times has he played twice twice yeah yes i'm sure we'll see handsome joe again in survivor Um, hold on no three times three times yeah worlds apart uh second chance and uh edge of extinction yeah and worlds apart exactly like our writer uh our emailer said about mike going on that run well that was after they wisely got rid of joe because they're like this guy's gonna win everything there's no way mike beats joe in a lot of these challenges not a chance maybe one or two but like that's how that's why they got rid of him they're like he's gonna win everything Mm -hmm. 
Um, so again, he's just sort of like a bigger version of Ozzy. He's just a taller, maybe stronger version, but sexier. Both of them are awesome. There, I said it. Sexier. Yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Only one of them was filming pornos, and it was Ozzy. Right. Yeah. I'll take Ozzy over Joe. Uh, yeah. You mentioned yeah. it, Skeets. He went to. Uh, he had himself voted out so that he could go win a bunch of challenges and come back, and he actually did it. Yeah, that's that was that was insane. amazing. I think the counter, though, I'm gonna hit with you. Hit with you, uh, Trey is. Um, uh, Joe is better. Joe is better at puzzles than Ozzy. Like if you put them head to head in puzzle challenges okay. of a challenge, which a lot of these obviously have, I think he. I think he just uh, ekes them out there. That's, that's the only reason I put him there. But yeah, Ozzy's amazing. He's he's incredible. Uh, Ozzy also he, he was. It almost it was like he was afraid to win the game. You know, like it always felt that he kind of choked when it actually came to winning survivor, he was great at the challenges, but he just never could get beyond the challenges. It was, he just seemed to choke. Yeah. As I, I remember think it. He's the most, I also just don't think he's the most likable guy. If I'm being honest, yeah. I don't, I, that's my, my take on watching mm-hmm. his seasons. I think Joe is much more likable, which oh, is yeah. why they're like, Oh yeah. If he gets to the end, he's winning. Like yeah. people actually like him too. And he's a beast in challenges, but yeah, that's my top five. Um, sounds like you somewhat agree. Trey would have Ozzy number one, but uh, a lot of a lot of other names, of course, you could throw on the top five. Hey, what All about right. this guy? <laughs> hey, yeah. what about this guy? Colby Donaldson, the old school challenge beast. People yeah. forget it was a different era back then. Can mm. you compare eras of challenges? I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. Um, yeah, Tom Westman, as I said, Colby. Yeah, that's a good one. It, it's actually, you're, I mean, uh, all Kelly kidding aside, Kelly Swigglesworth. Yeah. The uh, the older challenges, some of them, they would they, those endurance challenges would last for the entire day into the yeah. night sometimes, right? Yeah. So. So maybe the challenges are a little bit maybe harder and you can't go as long, but they just don't go as long. Yeah. Yep. All right. MVP of the episode. Who who wants to get us started? Trey, let's start with you. Who's your MVP of this one? Sarah in a blowout. She decimated the poker alliance, got Jeremy to play his thing, made him look bad in front of the jury, got a person voted out from his alliance, and flushed out an idol. I think uh, Sarah owned the episode last night and of course we got to give another mvp vote to fiji airways <laughs> <laughs> yeah lee are you giving mvp to uh, jeff probst yeah i i didn't have a clear-cut mvp from this episode although i will say for two weeks in a row now denise has ended pretty strongly without really doing anything you know she got protected there from being uh from being a vi- uh, voted out when she was just sitting there doing minding her own business so <laughs> that's pretty good for her um, so yeah, I, I didn't. Um, I didn't feel anyone really sort of stood out, uh, you know, in this one for me to give. So I'm just going to go with Jeff because uh, okay. why not? He could win it. Okay. Okay. Tass, what about you? <laughs> Denise also protected when uh, Big Bird slash Quentin Tarantino slash David showed up. That guy's a giant. You protect anybody. Uh, I'm going to go with another giant. I'm going to go with Tyson. Uh, I, I know it sounds stupid, but he played it smart when his family got there. Bergen, his daughter came up. The Bergens are coming. The Bergens are coming. And he saw that she was big-eyed and didn't know what was going on, so he played it safe with her, didn't jump on her. Smart move. Yes, he's been eliminated again, but as my friend Kelly Clarkson says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So he will will either come back for a third time, and I don't think they're going to vote him out again. Oh, if they would be so stupid if they don't. If he comes back, they need to get rid of him as soon as they can because he will win the game (laughs) easily. 
I would argue that anybody on Extinction would win. You think so? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because the jury is all uh, edge of Extinction people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think some way, some somehow, Tyson is going to get this edge of extinction somehow eliminated from the game. I don't know how, but I'm giving him MVP because <laughs> if he gets back a third time and does anything, I think there will be a banishment of edge of extinction. So that's why he's my MVP. Oh, you can lock that in, Tass. It's, it's gone, says Propes. This is it. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. It is the rest so challenge right. role. Maybe Tyson wins this game and they're like, uh-oh. We got, we've now had someone come back and win this twice. Ugh. we got to get rid of this. Yeah. Uh, JD, MVP? Uh, runner up to Jeremy for reading the room and walking out with his peace out advantage. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm actually going to give it to Tony. He won okay. his first immunity challenge, individual immunity challenge, which I found very surprising. We all did. Um, and the thing I love about Survivor is watching people grow. And sometimes you watch from the very beginning, you guys like. The, the meeker guys like Mike White or Cochran or uh, uh, the, the rocket scientist uh, Christian, they, be, they sort of come into their own during the game. Well, we've seen Tony grow over the course of three times he's played this game. He's learned patience. He's learned uh, to play it cool. I mean, this, this is going to blow up next week probably, but for now <laughs> I'm going to give him the MVP because okay. good on him, and I love seeing people grow. Um, I have a question. Do you guys think when we were talking about all these giant family loved ones. I heard Rob and Fishback talk about this. Could there be this thing of the three people that didn't have kids come out? You didn't see like their wow, their beautiful big family with all these young ones. And I'm talking about Michelle, who just had her sister, and Nick, who just had you know a fiance, I guess, or a girlfriend, and then Sophie, sort of the same boat. Should those three, the No Kids Alliance? honestly think about sort of teaming up to help their chances of winning this game like i guess my point is can either of those three get to the end with these other people with these big families beautiful families young families at times and like i don't know convince the jury to give them the two million dollars like that's a hell of an advantage for your people with the kids i think i i think they should think about it it's an interesting point i mean if you're sitting there if michelle is sitting there next to jeremy who's a firefighter and has four kids and you've, when you see those kids, yeah, anybody's kids, they, they, yeah, you've spent the afternoon with them. It's totally different than hearing about the, the, this family back home. Trey, what do you think? I mean, it's a good question because yeah, you're right. I mean, it's an easier pitch for Jeremy to be like, yeah, I've got five kids and I'm a firefighter. You should give me $2 million. I got to support all, I got to feed a whole bunch of people. But, and you look at it, it's like, Sophie's sitting in a pretty good place. Maybe she decides to to, bow, to to join up with Nick and Michelle, who've been voting with her the past couple of weeks. Could be an alliance there. They're, I mean, if people are getting together over playing poker uh, away from Survivor, kids is just as good of a reason. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something, something to watch. I mean, those three, too, you feel like all three of them would look at the other two and go, I could beat them. I think I have a case to be made yeah. here sitting at the end. Um, and maybe it'd be a little bit more difficult if you're sitting beside a yeah, a Tyson or even a Sarah or Kim, of course, or something like that. Yeah, something to keep an eye on. Um, so, well, like we said, Tony looks like he's going to lose it next week and go bonkers. <laughs> Do you think that's a, a little fake out here by the editing? Or is Tony... Um, maybe in 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 threat of being voted out. I guess I'm asking, who do you think goes goes to the edge of extinction next week? If you had to make a guess, I don't care who answers this. 
Yeah, well, I don't trust any of the editing. I don't think that really does guide us in any direction. Yeah. But I, I think that uh, without that immunity idol that he had this week, I think Tony might have been in trouble anyway. So uh, I, I think that uh, he could be a bit of a target next week. So, you know, um, it's, it's so hard, though. It's so hard. I mean, I get so confused between each episode now. Uh, you know, <laughs> okay, you know, okay. here's the better question. Here's the better yeah. question. Will this alliance, this voting block that we've seen, the five of them, Tony, Ben, Nick, and then Sophie and Sarah. Next week, when we sit down to record this, are we still talking about that sort of what appears to then be now a power alliance and that they're still good? Will one of the other four be going home next week? I guess it depends. What in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? <laughs> Jeff Probst is telling us that uh, survivor capitalism is going to be huge. And when that bag shows up, it tends to be somebody sent you something from Edge of Extinction. Do you want to buy it for your yeah. fire tokens? So I don't know. I mean, Tony seems like he is always in danger of being voted out if he doesn't have something around his neck. But maybe they're sending him something around his neck. I don't know. I mean, Nick was talking last week about wanting to backstab somebody. I think the vote wasn't necessarily a backstab last night. So, I don't know. Maybe him and Michelle, as their twosome, are able to flip to the other side and say, let's see you later, Tony. Let's see you later, Sarah. You know, Sophie has the idol, so perhaps she's a little bit safe. But the game is afoot. The game yeah, is afoot. I, th- I think Nick should get a little bit of credit he was potentially a runner-up for me for MVP, not because he did anything exceptional this episode, but last week he got some votes, if I'm not mistaken. He was on the outskirts mm-hmm. and could yep. have easily been you know, one of the hyenas, as Tony said, but he stepped up in Tribal Council last week and said, I want to play the game. I want to be in an alliance. <laughs> and all of a sudden he is in an alliance and no votes for him, and he's, he's on a team at least, and now he's got some outlook at the very least. I am worried about my uh, survivor winner pick, Kim, for next week. Mm. I, uh, I, I, I oh, yeah, because you know, of course, we already saw Sarah and Tony have that big discussion of like, oh, maybe it should be Kim. Should we go for Kim? And uh, if she doesn't have anything around her neck, I'm worried for her that they're going to be like, well, she's another big player. Get her out. Um, if that alliance does in fact stick together, but maybe she can work her magic and sort of would you say that her way back in. Jeremy is ahead of Kim in the threat level because that's a thing that Tony certainly weighs. Who's the bigger meat shield? Would it be Jeremy over Kim, despite the fact that Kim wins more challenges? Oh, wow, that is... Yeah, see, uh, that's a great question. I don't know. They're neck and neck in both being threats for different reasons. I think I would put Kim a little bit higher than Jeremy right now. And I, I think a big part of it is I, I like her chances to win a challenge more than Jeremy's. Yeah. Yep. And you know you know you you know you have to consider too. She already found an idol. Is that in the back of their minds? Like, damn, does she sort of have a, a good read on where those are? Could she find the one she just played? Yeah, I guess I'll put Kim just ahead of Jeremy. But it does feel like one of those two will be in the crosshairs next week. I say, yeah, Kim is definitely a bigger threat than Jeremy right now, simply because she has a super tight alliance with Denise, which was fully on display when she played her idol for Denise inexplicably. Um, And she's a challenge beast and people seem to like her. Although Jeremy is a very well liked guy on in the game, but he also seems to be a free agent. So yeah, um, I I think that uh, Sophie, if they don't start targeting Sophie soon, then it's, she's going to win the game. She, uh, she has an idol. Yes. So, 
but do they know that? I don't think they know that. Um, but so I would, I would be targeting her or who, whoever her number two is, which seems to be Sarah. So mm-hmm. put me down for Sarah. Well, that's exactly what Kim wanted to do, right? Yeah, that's what Kim was saying. Like we got to break up those two; they're powerful right now. So yeah, it will be interesting next week to see um, if Kim and Jeremy try to sell the each other out, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, being on the on the uh, on the ropes, do they just like turn their back completely on each other and be like try to make their case of like why you got to get rid of the other one? Could be something we see, and maybe Denise is in that mix too. But Denise will probably wisely just like. Lie low another week, yeah, and uh, and let them maybe take a shot at uh, Jeremy or Kim. We'll see. All right, get your questions in for next week's No Buffs episode. Email no dunks at theathletic.com. Make sure you throw Survivor in the subject. Later tonight, the final two rounds of NBA Horse Challenge will air on ESPN. <laughs> we just learned before sitting down to record this one that they don't start until 9 p.m. Eastern. It's gonna be a long night. Yeah, stock up on energy. Stock Gotta up get on a nap horse in. energy. Um, yeah, but the semifinals are Mike Conley, Chauncey Billups, and then Zach Levine versus Allie Quigley. Two winners of those matchups will face some in the finals. We'll see it all tonight. And yeah, following that, we're once again going to record an instant NBA horse recap podcast. Oh boy. Uh, here we go again. We did 40 minutes last time. Can we do at least 30 tonight? We will see. But that'll go up very, very late on Thursday night into early Friday morning. Till next time, Tribe is Spoken. Spoken.